welcome to day 164 of Shape by the Word. I'm Paul Kemp here with uh, Matthew Kresge and Catherine Kresge as we read through uh, Colossians. What a rich book. We've struggled in our readings in Colossians because Paul in single sentences in, in these books, both using Ephesians and Colossians uh, and Philippians, these prison epistles, where evidently Paul had more time to write than ever before. And every sentence is so rich in theology that it's uh, you could just stay on a single phrase, you know, forever, and yet he's put them together in such a rich, you know, doxology or praise to God. And so we come to the very practical part, you know, of uh, of, Ephes- of Colossians, rather, in chapter 3. Uh, so as we read this, and we read, and he prayed, you know, in his opening prayer that we would live lives worthy of Christ Jesus. This is what that looks like as we live in the world in a way that reflects his grace and reflects his goodness. Mm-hmm. So, Katie, why don't, why don't you lead us in prayer as That's we good. dig in? Father, um, as we read these chapters of this book, Lord, would you um, meet us where we are? I know so many of us, um, people who are listening, even in this room, we just go through seasons of um, where when we come to your word, um, you know, we're, we're coming to it um, just feeling stale and feeling um, tired um, from the circumstances in life or just from distance from you. And Lord, would you just remind us of the, that you meet us here, remind us of the beauty of your word um, and that there is much to be gained, much encouragement um, to be gained, much um, worship that happens when we open our hearts up to what you have for us that these aren't just words on a page, but um, that they're living words and that you are the living word. Um, and so you're the source of life. And so would you speak to us today through your Holy Spirit? Would you um, change us and, and mold us and empower us um, as we live this life that, that you are um, building your kingdom here and, and that we would be humbled by the fact that you want to use us in doing that. So um, would you meet us here? And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. Since then you've been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated, the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you and over all these virtues put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. 
Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children, or they'll become discouraged. Slave, obey your earthly masters in everything, and do it not only when their eye is on you, and to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you'll receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be, paid, will be repaid for their wrongs, and there is no favoritism. Masters, provide your slaves what is right and fair, because you know that you also have a master in heaven. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Tychicus will tell you all the news about me. He is a dear brother, a faithful minister, and a fellow servant in the Lord. I'm sending to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstance and that he may encourage your hearts. He is coming with Onesimus, our faithful and dear brother, who is, of, uh, who is one of you. They will tell you everything that is happening here. My fellow prisoner, Aristarchus, sends you his greetings, as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. You've received instructions about him. If he comes to you, welcome him. Jesus, who is called Justice, also sends greetings. These are the only Jews among my co-workers for the kingdom of God, and they have proved a comfort to me. Epaphras, who is one of you, and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you, that you may stand firm in the will of God and mature and fully assured. I vouch for him that he is working hard for you and for those at Laodicea and Hierapolis. Our dear friend Luke the doctor and Demas send greetings. Give my greetings to the brothers and sisters at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. After this letter has been read to you, see that it is also read in the church of the Laodiceans and that you in turn read the letter from Laodicea. Tell Archippus, see to it that you complete the ministry you've received in the Lord. I, Paul, write this greeting in my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. Hmm. Fantastic uh, conclusion, as, as always. I love you know the fact that he tells us to set our minds uh, on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Heavenly Father, and he reminds us that that's our position. And of course, one of the themes you're going to find, you know, deeply rooted in all of Paul's writings, but more deeply rooted in these prison epistles, you know, Ephesians, you know, Philippians, and Colossians, is the theme of who we are in union with Christ and the phrases in Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and so you can see as Paul's writing has developed, this has become more and more meaningful to him to where this is, you know, as he said, you know, in the very beginning of this book, you know, here's the mystery in the ages of past, which is Christ in you which is your hope of glory. But it's not only is Christ in you, you are in Christ. We are so deeply, you know, encompassed in him. Mm-hmm. And that's the idea he has here when he's talking about putting off the old self. The old self is Adam, the new self, yeah. you know, is Christ. 
And uh, it's the whole idea of when you put on Christ, you're putting on these virtues as well. So a fun section yeah, all the way through. And even in those first verses, he's saying, set your hearts and your minds on the things of God and not on earthly things. And I think that's such a good reminder for us. I mean, where are our minds being set? And I feel like that's something that really just strikes a chord with me. And it's something that I probably say um, way too often, like in the in our worship services, like setting our hearts on him. Because I think for me personally, that's just something I need to be reminded to do is just kind of turn my mind and heart towards him and away from all these things that are overwhelming mm-hmm. me about my like the current situation that I'm in or whatever. So I just love that he opens this chapter yeah. with that. And I mean, they follow each other, right? We, we tend to think maybe just redirect our belief mm-hmm. and we don't realize that, you know, our hearts really do shape what we believe in. And likewise, what we believe shapes what we love, you know, and they kind of, you are what you love, you know, but you could also say that we, you know, we begin to love what we do believe in and those sort of things as well. So they, they shape one another. And I love how he starts it with a since then you have been raised with Christ. You know, he grounds it. We talk about it a lot. He grounds it in the reality of who they are. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that if you are in Christ, this is true about you. You have been raised with Christ. And because of that, that reality, because of your identity in him, you know, now you set your hearts on things above where Christ is, where, where your treasure is. Mm-hmm. You know, you almost have the image of, yeah, I think of the teaching of Jesus right. where he says, you know, where's your heart? Mm-hmm. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. And it's and it's not, you know, it's not the opposite where your treasure is, your heart is. It's, yeah. it's a decision. And, of course, this comes to us in a, you know, a command form. You know, set your heart, set your mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is something, you know, Paul in another, you know, on another occasion, Second Corinthians would say, we take every thought captive to mm-hmm. make it obedient to Christ. Yeah. And so it's learning how to see uh, life not from, you know, our current per- perspective and all of the things that are, you know, happening around us that bring fear or panic or even, you know, temporary joy, but to be set in a deeper reality and to let that reality, you know, shape how we live, who we are, you know, and what we do. And yeah, I like, you know, the way, of course, he brings us out of that. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ and God, which explains our righteousness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, he, when God looks at us, he sees his son and the work that his son has done. When Christ, who is your life, appears. Isn't that a great phrase? Mm-hmm. Christ, who is, is your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Christ, who is your life, appears, and you will also appear with him mm-hmm. in glory. Yeah, and then the putting off section yeah. con- contrasted with the putting on section yeah. is is so good. Yeah. You have to love, I mean, in those first four verses too, you know, talking about the identity of the believer that, you know, how do we know we are secure in Christ? You know, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Where is Christ? Like, we are as secure as he is, you know, being found in him. And, and I love even the statement, you've been raised with Christ, and then he goes back to verse 3, for you have died. And then verse 4, for you, you know, for Christ... Who is your life? You know, it's it's reminding us uh, again and again and again of our proper identity in Christ. And because of that, yeah, then we have the call to kind of change the clothes in a sense, right? To, to put off and put on. Yeah, put to death what belongs yeah. to your earthly nature. So that needs to die with you. You died and that should be dying yeah. with you, right? And as you live in Christ, then we should be putting on all these things. I mean, just read the list of the things we should be putting on. Um, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. You know, as we were reading that, I just was thinking, none of this 
is anything that God hasn't shown us already. I mean, he has, he has born with us with patience. I mean, forbearance. Um, he has put on humility for us. Um, just, I'm just thinking of that Philippians two passage that we talk about so often cause it's so good. Um, and it's just, yeah, these are all things that we have already been shown tremendously and abundantly in Christ. And so it should only be natural that if we are in Christ, that we are showing these things to those around us. And unfortunately, you know, the quote Christian isn't quite like doing a great job of that these days. I feel like, you know, I don't know. We're just, I feel like we so often misrepresent him because we haven't put to death those things that are in our earthly nature. No, we presume on grace and mm-hmm. uh, we receive, you know, we receive forgiveness of sin and then live, uh, live as we please rather than living, you know, to please him. And uh, the irony of that is uh, we, we've chosen the worst when we do that. When we choose to live for ourselves, we, we, uh, we do invite ourselves to a different kind of death. When we die to ourselves, we invite ourselves to a different kind of life in which Christ himself is our life, and we find our greatest you know, joy in him. And, of course, that's where he comes. I was waiting for you to take us into the verse 15. Psalms, where there, yeah, where all that music you know, put together there, oh. which originally wasn't a part of the original text. It was added later by some worship leader in some church, some and it really should be, you know, set. <laughs> yeah, it is Go ahead, so Katie. good. I even wrote a little I, I exclamation know you, I know point. you've been waiting to do this. Okay. Oh, yeah, let the message, verse 16. We have about a minute 30 I know, we left. haven't even gotten to chapter 4. Um, verse 16, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I love that it leads us, all this stuff leads us to worship. And music is a, a part of that as a as the body of Christ. Not possibly. I yeah. mean, according to Paul, it is. Or so. according to whoever added that to the text later. <laughs> in that. No, really, you know, to be, you know, that's one of the things I notice about my kids and about my grandkids. They come into the world singing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a love for music. They have a, a love to dance. They have a love to rejoice and you know, and finding great joy. And somehow along the way, we lose our childlike sense of joy mm-hmm. and our solid, you know, childlike sense of, of song. Uh, and in my, uh, my little uh, two-year-old grandson, they do family devotions, you know, in morning and evening, and the family as a whole sings the doxology after they close out. Mm-hmm. And his favorite song is the doxology. Yeah. And so he's just kind of playing around until we get to the doxology. He'll run, grab a hymn book, which he can't read, put it in his lap, <laughs> and he just kind of follows along until That's you get so the Holy Ghost. And then he sings, Holy Ghost, Amen, you know, at the top of his, his lungs. Fun. But we are created with... You know that you know that kind yeah. of you know, response, oh, yeah. and, and not only that, you know, Katie, but and this is you know they did not have, uh, you know, probably as Greeks they probably did not have copies mm-hmm. of the Old Testament, nor mm-hmm. did they have you know copies of you know these letters. So and they're learning biblical truth through the songs yeah. that they are singing mm-hmm. and through the liturgy, you know, that they're rehearsing. And they are to call those truths up as they encourage yeah. one another. So songs are not only an expression of joy, but a great vehicle. And of course, you know that's why when we do worship, you know, here we spend a lot of time 
looking at lyrics that are biblically you know, founded, you know, lyrics and have solid biblical truth. Yeah. yeah. Songs catechize us whether we realize it's doing it or not, right? And, and mm-hmm. that's why you get the, I love, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's yeah. the aim. As we, we sing these songs, we're not just singing things that appeal to our emotions, you know, or, or to our, our brains, but it should be causing the word of Christ to dwell among right. us richly. Yeah, that's that true. is the catalyst. Uh, mm-hmm. The gospel is the catalyst for, for our worship, for our praise, and for our encouragement, you know, uh, with one, you know, with one another. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yes, there's so yeah, much we. here we missed. <laughs> we did you guys so wrong today. We it. left you hanging. We didn't do the household colds. We didn't do. Uh, um, Goodness. The, the, there's so, so many more. things that we left on the page today. So deeply sorry. Uh, come back again next year when we will cover what we left out this year. But thanks for reading with us today. Father, thank you for the message of Christ, which you have, uh, through the gospel, embedded deeply in our hearts. We thank you for the joy that it gives us. We thank you for the foundation it leaves us. We thank you for the hope set before us. Mm-hmm. And may we live as people uh, of hope for your glory and know your joy. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.